This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, Tam. Hey, hey. How was your weekend? <laughs> weekend was great. <laughs> Wasn't Fourth of July this weekend? I don't remember. Renee, you remember? What's that? Was it Fourth of July this weekend? <laughs> oh yes, the, it was Fourth of July this past weekend. Yes, actually, well, the past no, week. it was the past week, but it felt right. like Fourth of July because people in my neighborhood. Okay, first of all, for our listeners that aren't in Los Angeles, it is illegal to pop fireworks in Los Angeles, but that doesn't Anywhere. stop them because in the yeah. neighboring cities you can buy fireworks, and LA County is huge. If you don't know. Like Hollywood is L.A., Pasadena is L.A. County. It is illegal for miles and miles to pop fireworks. But yet on every single block and every single neighborhood, there's fireworks. I mean, at one point, I thought I was living in a war zone, but nonetheless. (laughs) And you're right. First of all, anytime that we have a holiday, it just kind of throws your whole week off. And then you're like, okay, where are we at? Because I forgot. But yes, you are right. I mean, everywhere there was fireworks going off and, and it sounded like you were in a war zone, like back in Beirut or somewhere. It was crazy. Well. But the fireworks were pretty. I got to admit. No, there's nothing pretty about laying in your bed and hearing pop, pop, pop. And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> that's exactly what was happening. Every five minutes you relax, you forget, and then pop. And you jump and you're like, wait, it's just fireworks. The funny thing is, last night, people were still popping fireworks. So let's check the date. What is today's date? Yeah, today is the 10th. Okay, so on the 9th, people, and I actually feel like I heard some fireworks today, which is crazy. Because that's another thing. Why are you guys popping fireworks in the daytime? Please explain. Yeah, I never understood that. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, so that was my weekend. Hopefully that's fireworks. I don't recall doing very (laughs) much other than... Watching that race, how about that Saturday double hitter? Wow, how about that? I mean, you want to talk about getting some NASCAR in all in one day? That's it right there. That was awesome. Renee, that's all you have to say is that's awesome? Well, I mean, you know, it was just a long day of just uh, watching a bunch of races. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, it was interesting because, uh, you know, we don't really get that very much during the season. So when they have a double hitter like that, it's uh, it's actually kind of uh, nice. Since Renee wasn't so enthused about the race, I was. Now, maybe I don't have a life, but I was in on Saturday and I did catch both races. Typically, Kentucky is a snooze fest for me, but I have to admit, I took a nap before the race. So that way, and there was a, a pretty good length of time between the Xfinity race, which was postponed to Saturday because it rained all day Friday and they couldn't get the race in. But right. I got that nap in, and then I was ready for the cup race. Now, we know Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race, and I predicted Kyle to win the cup race. I'm going to be honest. When I saw him win that Xfinity race, I was like, uh, he probably won't do much. Then to my surprise, after he won the Xfinity race, what did he say? He said, oh, get ready for this rowdy double hitter. Well, guess what? The rowdy double hitter did not happen. But what did happen was your boy Martin Truex He dominated. Big time. I mean, like, complete domination. It was amazing. Like, And I know we were talking about this before we started the podcast, but 
it was amazing, like how dominating he had that race in the palm of his hand. It was like he was making it look like too easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, his car is like <laughs> way better than everybody else's. And I, I'm just like, wow. Renee, like I said before the show, and I'll say it for our listeners so they can comprehend my thoughts. It was like he had some souped up Fast and Furious nitro infused engine <laughs> in that bad baby because there was exactly. no excuse. I mean, I'm sure NASCAR took that car to the R&D center and they are still dissecting what happened because, okay, he won stage one, then he won stage two. But then you look up and this guy is 14 seconds ahead of the field. Yeah, And I don't know if you guys really thought about it, but there was only nine cars on the lead lap when the race finished. Yeah, because he out, he outlapped them. I mean, he lapped them. He out drove them. He did everything. It was all about Martin Truex. We call wow, him the man. stage king, but I think we may need to come up with a better nickname for this guy at this point. Renee, yeah. think, let's think about this. And I want you to think long and hard. The restart. Now, we have all those late cautions, which when he was 14 seconds ahead, everybody was like, oh, this is about to be crazy. He has it. But I think the late caution came out with two laps to go or something. It was three laps right. or something that like is, that. That and is correct. on the restart, he did not go in for fresh tires, but all the other drivers did go in. Those drivers took either two or four tires. Martin Truex Jr. stayed out. On old tires. And if I recall, those tires had at least 50 laps on them. And then when the restart yeah. came, he smoked them. He smoked them like it was an NHRA race. Yeah. I mean, he jetted away from the pack like he had pitted and got four fresh tires. It seemed like he had a fresh new car. I was like, what? And now, he did have a little help in the back. I think it was for Kyle Larson, who kind of like pushed him just a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that that's what he needed or that that's why. But he took off on that restart like it was a fresh new car. Well, and I mean, he just pulled away. He pulled and, away and, and was fresh to death. <laughs> yeah. And it's not surprising that he won the race. I think when I look at it at the racing hole, if I look at it, I'm not surprised that he won the race because it, he was bound to win a race considering all this a lot because he, he has won a lot of stages just like Kyle Larson has. I mean, it's been Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr., the whole season of all these stage uh, races of winning the stages. And so it was bound for him to win. You just knew he was going to win. I just didn't think it was going to be at Kentucky. So that's why I didn't pick him. But I mean, well, congratulations to Martin Truex Jr. Congrats indeed to the stage king. On that note, since you brought up Larson, Larson came in second. I think that guy has come in second, what, six times already <laughs> this year. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, uh, I mean I'm not ever going to be mad at larson because he's a true racer i mean he he's racing it seemed like six days a week almost but i mean second again and i said this yeah. before i feel like every week it's martin truex against kyle larson or somehow some way kyle bush is in the mix it's usually those yeah. three that are battling it out but the crazy thing about this battle is that I believe kyle bush is the only well, I, I don't believe. I know for a fact Kyle Busch is the only one out of the three that hasn't won a race. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but we're always calling his name each week. Interesting. <laughs> well, on that note, I guess I will drop off the top 10 for you. 
We know the stage king, Martin Truex yep. Jr., came home with the checker flag. Kyle Larson was a bridesmaid again. Chase Elliott was up in the mix, and he came in third. Denny Hamlin, we didn't really hear his name all night, but Denny Hamlin came in fourth. Kyle Busch came in fifth, and that's actually surprising considering he was kind of there, but he couldn't get it going on the restarts and got shuffled back. Eric Jones came in sixth. Jamie McMurray, I feel bad for the veteran. I'm trying to not use the word old guy. So I'm trying to refer to the Jimmy Johnsons and the Dale Juniors and the Jamie McMurrays and the Ryan Newmans as veteran drivers. But in this case, I'm just going to say the old man. The old man, McMurray, he's doing his best to keep up with his teammate, Kyle Larson. But that Kyle, he's a racer. Yeah. Not that Jamie's not a racer, but McMurray, he, he's coming in the top 10 consistently each week. But I don't know. If you're a veteran driver and your teammate is a young gun and he's showing up and showing out like that, I don't know what, what I would say or do each week. Yeah. But any event, finishing the, cop, the top 10... We had Joy Logano in eighth. Kevin Harvick was in ninth. And the only nine drivers finished on the first lap or on the lead lap. Yeah. Our 10th place was Ryan Blaney. How about that? Yeah. Although he had got lapped by Martin Truex, he wasn't on the lead lap. And just some right. notables I would like to read. 11, 12th, and 13th place went to Bubba Wallace and Clint Boyer. So not bad for either of those three, especially Bubba, who... This may be his last cup ride for the rest of the season. Definitely not bad for Dale Jr. because he's been struggling. So it's great to see him at least in the top 15. And a little disappointed at the place that Clint Boyer came in. And that's only because I have high expectations for Clint Boyer. And the last three notables I would like to read are 38th, 39th, and 40th. So the last three cars in the race was Casey King, Brad Keselowski, and Jimmy Johnson. And that's just disappointing on every level. And I know you are going to jump into some Brad Keselowski talk a little later. But prior to that, let me get into the standings. Larson is leading in the standings only by one point. And what is really crazy is because Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson have all won three races this season. Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski, and Ricky Stenhouse have won two races. Austin Dillon, Ryan Blaney, Kurt Busch, Logano, Harvick, and Newman have all won one race. And you guys know that Joy Logano's one win is considered encumbrance. So technically, he could be out if we have more winners in the eight races that are left. And getting back into the standings really quick, I said Larson is leading Martin Truex Jr. by one point and one point only, which I think that's going to change next week because either Larson's going to show up or Martin Truex is going to show out. Take your pick. Kyle Busch is in third place in the standings, but he's 101 points behind Larson and Truex. So I don't know if it's crazy. That is just insane. Is it safe to say he may not catch up? It's possible. (laughs) Well, he hasn't won a race this season. So that's actually pretty good that he's hanging in there considering he hasn't won a race. Uh, Harvick is in fourth. Chase Elliott is in fifth. McMurray's in sixth. Hamlin is seventh. Brad Keselowski, eighth. 
Jimmy Johnson, 7th, and Clint is in 10th. Now, keep in mind, Chase hasn't won a race. So although he's in that fifth position, he could easily be shuffled out within these eight races if we have other drivers that win. So that's pretty much your top 10 from Kentucky, some notables, and the standings. Every show, we have to talk about Dale Jr. What's going on with your boy, Dale? He is really trying to get uh, his mind back to where it is before I think this whole concussion thing, you know, happened. That's been a big part of, I think, his frustration this year. You know, he did some interviews, Tam, where he was just talking to the media in general. And, you know, he's just trying to find, I think, his mental state of where he needs to be. Because he's, you know, he mentioned that when he started the whole season, well, even before the season started, he thought that he knew this was going to be his last year and he wanted to go in here and have fun and just race with no worries about trying to worry about anything else other than trying to enjoy this last run as a full-time stock car race driver. And I think he really, really believed that he was going to have fun this year. And it just seems like it hasn't turned out the way that he wanted to, because it's like he's trying to put all of these other things in his head on top of having fun. And it's just not letting him have fun because he's having such a frustrating season, if that makes any sense. And I can understand that because as we look at these race car drivers, Tam, they're all competitive in their own way, just like any athlete is. I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball, but these race car drivers go through the same mental state as any other athlete and they get that competitive edge in their head. And when you, you, and especially as a NASCAR driver, if you're not winning and you're not doing well, or you're not finishing the race, or you're finishing out the top 10, or you're wrecking every other week, it's just frustrating. And that is exactly where Dale Jr.'s mindset is. So he just wants to finish these last eight, nine races that we have left. He just wants to finish at a point where he can at least win a race and at least make the playoff at the end. That's what it's come down to. Well, I know there was also some conversation about his agent. I guess he hasn't that. gotten it approved <laughs> to race in the clash. That's right. Because, you know, you automatically get the invitation to compete in the clash the following year if you, you win the poll, at least, you know, which he did. It's amazing because, you know, this new agent is what he's talking about is really nothing other than his wife, Amy. Ah, um, why? (laughs) Exactly. So when he says, I got to ask the boss, some people are like, well, which boss are you talking about? Is he talking about his boss that he races for? Or is he talking about his boss that he goes home to? That's the difference. So, Well, Renee, you were married for many years, so you know how that works. Yes, I know exactly how that works. (laughs) And let me tell you something. Rick Hendrick might, might think he's the boss, but Amy might have something else to say about that. So yeah, there was a little uh, thing there where I guess Amy was trying to talk to Dale Jr. and saying, hey, I know you're talking about maybe possibly racing in the clash, but uh, was that a joke or what, what is it that you're doing here? And, and, you know, so Dale Jr. is trying to like, trying to make this sound good and just trying to kind of ease it out. And he's like, well, look, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, hey, you know, it's nice to uh, get invited, but when you don't get the invitation, then you're a little irked that, hey, how come I didn't get invited? So he's like, well, listen, he goes, if, if I'm going to race, he goes, it's going to come at your approval. So he did tell Amy, hey, look, I'm not doing it unless, you know, I have your blessing. So he did exactly what a man should always do and uh, get the approval of uh, of your missus. Well, you know what they say, happy wife, happy life. 
That's right. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> okay, well, all this talk, Dale is miserable, but what about Brad, as in bad Brad, being mad? You know, you're right. And, and Dale Jr. might be miserable, you know, mentally, but uh, Bad Brad is um, just as frustrated. I mean, he shouldn't be as frustrated as Dale. I mean, because at least Brad's won a couple of races. Brad is just upset at the fact that he feels, especially within the last several races, he just hasn't had a good car. And then him crashing this past weekend and then actually taking out Jimmy Johnson along with it obviously didn't help me any as far as like my predictions, <laughs> but he's just upset. And he went out and started talking about how bad these uh, race cars are, are designed and they should be designed to put on the show that the fans are really in need for, you know, and that they deserve. And I understand that. But you know, what's crazy is that he sits on the panel of drivers who give input of how things are supposed to be and how, how these cars are supposed to be and how racetracks are supposed to be and all these other rules and stuff. And then here he is complaining about it when he sits on the panel of that. And you're going, well, wait a minute. It's weird. And there was some disappointment coming from the NASCAR senior vice president, Steve O'Donnell. He was like basically saying, hey, he was disappointed in, in hearing Brad Keselowski's comments of uh, talking about how bad these stock car racing cars are, are, are designed when he has input of how they're designed. And they have to work that out. And they were going to talk to Keselowski and Keselowski was going to talk to them. And I'm sure they're going to hash all of that out. But uh, Brad's just a little upset because I guess of his performance in the last several races. But, uh, you know, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? What I'm going to do is say what I think is really going on. And there are two things. As I was sitting here listening to you talk, two things popped up in my mind. One is there's all this talk about Brad Keselowski not re-signing with Penske, right? Mm-hmm, right. Could he be technically? And I can't really see him being mad at Ford because he's, you know, he's a Ford guy. But mm -hmm. maybe there's some some smoking gun behind all this. And the reason why I say that is because, and we'll jump into Matt Kenseth, but Matt kind of let the cat out the bag about him mm -hmm. not coming back to Joe Gibbs racing. But the way he let the cat out of the bag was a little bit suspicious to me. And then right <laughs> after he let the cat out the bag, Dale Jr. kind of jumped in and was like, yeah, he's going to land at a competitive team for sure. Now, it just seemed a little bit fishy and a little bit of bad timing, considering that there's talk about Matt Kenseth going to the 88. Hold your thought on that. So that's the first thought that I had about Brad Keselowski comments. They just seemed right. weird, weird timing. And then yeah. the other one is, I don't know if I can just say, Brad is being Brad, but we love to hate Brad and we come to love to hate Brad when he was being bad. Brad has been good for a little bit. Yeah. So he maybe he kind of, you know, had to just say something just because. Yeah, you know, I think so. And and you're right. We, and we have talked about Brad um, uh, several times before on our earlier podcast, uh, just about how he's changed, you know, him having his family and his wife and his child and and it seems like he's kind of calmed down from that bad boyish kind of race car driver. And, and it looked like, you know, maybe Kyle Busch has gone back to just going back into that role. Embrace it. Embrace who you are. And that's why I will exactly. never dislike Kyle Busch because he embraces that he's just bad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I feel a lot of other 
things and have a lot of other emotions about bad Brad at the moment, but I feel like it's a setup. Like, I think he genuinely is upset about the car, but I feel like considering what's going on, you upset and, you know, you're like, we need to make better cars. But the reality is, is that it's really your team who put together the car. So maybe you're mad at them and considering Joey's not doing as good as we think he should be doing, something's going on. We already know Joey re-upped his contract, so he's not going anyplace. But Brad has not signed on the dotted line. So there is a possibility he may be going someplace. Now, getting back into Matt Kenseth, there's talk about him driving the 88, but there's also talk about bad Brad Keselowski driving the 88. And Brad used to drive for Junior. Now, I don't think Mm -hmm. he's a great fit culturally for Hendrick, but you never know because we know that the number five is about to become vacant because I think they're just going to buy Casey Kane out of his contract. And I think so. then you have the number 88. You have all this talk about William Byron and Alex Bowman. I do want to see Alex Bowman in a car because I think he deserved it. He set out this year to drive for Hendrick. He's in a great situation, but who knows? Now, yeah. going back to Matt, Matt just blurted it out when Jeff... Gluck? No. Who was it who asked him a question? Somebody asked him a question and he let... So it was actually Gluck who was talking to Brad Keselowski and Brad let off all his frustration. I forgot who it was that asked Matt a comment and then Matt let it all out and he said he felt relief. Now, Renee, what was this? Indianapolis 500 when I was in Indy. I got some Mm -hmm. insider information. The NASCAR rumors were churning in a conversation that I had with some people who are big time insiders. And they told me Mackenzie was going to Hendrick. And remember, I called you from Indianapolis and was like, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I that. was yeah, so like pumped because that. I heard some other stories. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality is, it looks like it's all happening just the way everything's being set up. It's definitely something going on. And, you know, speaking yeah. of setups and what's going on, Bubba Wallace. Bubba. Mayor rode his last ride in the King Richard Petty's number 43. Now it's all this talk who's going where. Larson may be going here. uh, Bubba Wallace may be going there. Ryan Blaney may be going here. I don't know what to think, but I know one thing, and I hope you agree with me. Bubba needs to be in a cup car. Yeah, I do agree with you. I think he does. Uh, I, I really honestly think that he is raised pretty well considering you know the circumstances of just coming in mid-season and just taking over the 43 so I think he's done well and I, I and you're right I do agree with you I, I think he does deserve to be in a car <sighs> all the gossip NASCAR silly season who's going where <laughs> I do think Matt Kenseth is going to Hendrick I don't know if he's going to be in the 88 or the number five do you agree with that yes I do and you know what and I I think you know, and I, and I think Casey Kane has come to a point where he's got to make a decision of, of how he's going to want to, you know, maybe finish out his career. I mean, does he just want to just let it go at this point and then just walk away? I mean, because let's be honest, I mean, it's not like he's going to be hurting for the rest of his life. I mean, he's going to be just fine. But it's the competitiveness that I think he's maybe, I don't know, lost a little bit. Uh, the mental edge he's lost a little bit. Remember at the beginning, I take that back to him. 
at the tail end of last year, he started really racing really well. And I was like, where's this been all season? And I'm thinking, you know, because we, I remember we talked about it. We're like, well, let's see what happens. Maybe this will kind of fall into next season. And it just never really did. You know, it was just like, okay, all right. That was just, I, I, guess, I guess that was just false reading, I guess. I don't no, know. No, we <laughs> you know all. I mean? I mean, everybody who's into NASCAR watches it on TV, fan or sideline reporter. Everybody saw Casey Kane fighting for something last year. Yeah. But nothing came of it. Getting back into the rumor mill and it being NASCAR silly season, as they have coined it, there was an article that came out, some conversation from NASCAR higher ups as to another car manufacturer getting back into the sport. And on our Twitter chat that we do every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we put the question out there, which car manufacturer, OEM, would you guys like to see back in the sport? And most people said Dodge. Now, we did get somebody who said Lamborghini. And, of course, our reply to them was wishful thinking because Lamborghini is not even a NASCAR. And I have the quotation earmarks up in the air. It's not even a NASCAR type of car. That's like right. saying Ferrari is coming. And we know Ferrari is not coming to NASCAR. But with that being said, everybody said Dodge. Now, one guy, and I would have to look it up, but I thought it was pretty funny myself. One person said Pontiac. And I was like, wait, do they still even make Pontiacs? And of course, they don't make Pontiacs. But I think Dodge is coming back. And I had a conversation with somebody on the track a while ago who worked for Dodge or something. And they told me that they were coming back. I think they're coming back. What do you think? Who who would you like oh. to see? BMW, Dodge? You have so many I, cars out there, but I just feel like Dodge coming back would be I know. Good. You, you know what? That Pontiac sounded really nice. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I used to drive a Pontiac. Um, oh, you're dating uh, right yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right out of high school, girl. I had this white Pontiac car and it was one of my favorite cars. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't mind seeing Dodge back on the track myself. I seriously wouldn't have any problem seeing a Dodge car back on the uh, racetrack. Wow. Well, there was conversation. Um, forgot the other car manufacturer that kind of made sense. But I was like, yeah, I just feel like it's going to be Dodge. They're familiar with the sport. I do think... And I I drive a foreign car. I don't really care one way or the other. As long as I like the car, it looks good and it drives good and gets me from point A to point B, I'm cool. But uh-huh. there was some other cars like BMW that were thrown out. And to be honest, I feel like the car has to be an American car. Yeah. I, I just feel like yeah, NASCAR, I, I it right. would push NASCAR fans over the edge if <laughs> we brought the car in that wasn't the, was not <laughs> yeah. a... Uh, yeah, American. I think you're right. Because NASCAR fans are already disgruntled. I know. You don't want to see Mitsubishi having a car out there and then be like, all right, um, I'm yeah, this no, now, so. I mean, what's but, the, I can't, there's another car I can't think right now that, let me see. What, so what do we have? We talked about Dodge, BMW. What is the car, Renee? Help me out. I know our listeners are like, oh, I know. probably I'm, spitting out cars. I know they're, they're probably yelling at their, at their screens or their, their, their computers going, this one, this one, this one. Yeah, there was only one other car that made sense, and I just cannot think of it at the moment, but I feel mm. like it's Dodge. I mean, yeah. would you want to see a Buick? A Buick? Honda oh, was well. the other car. Honda. And that's only because Honda has a history of racing. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure we want to see Honda on a NASCAR track. Yeah, that's just, it just sounds weird, right? Honda doesn't even sound like it fits. Yeah. 
Okay, so what else is going on in the rumor mill? We talked about Mackenzie. We talked about Bubba Wallace. We talked about Larson because there is some conversation of Larson leaving Chip Ganaski and probably mm-hmm. landing someplace else. I don't think that Chip will let that guy out. I mean, if I had yeah. him, there's no way I'm letting him out. Yeah, it may, well, I, I, I guess money so, does yeah. talk. So if somebody made some offer and some contracts got bought out, I mean, I guess you would let him go. Yeah, I yeah, feel like we're missing yeah. a bunch of people, a bunch of NASCAR silly talk. Oh gosh, mm. boy, I'm having a brain fart. I don't. Well, I, don't I guess know we don't talked enough about the the damn <laughs> rumors. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Okay, so moving <laughs> on from the rumors, I guess it's time to get into our fan comment of the week and some NASCAR talk. Okay, go for it. I'm gonna take. I have so many comments to read, and I feel like I should keep it on a positive note. But okay. I, I think I'm going to go back to a negative note because this comment kind of bothered me. I'm going to take this and I'm not even going to acknowledge who this person is and their username because it comes from Twitter. But we always ask the question, who you got? And on Saturday with 60 laps to go, we had to ask, who you got? Who will win at Kentucky? And everybody was pretty pretty easy going with their thoughts is that we have one person who said anyone but Truex and naturally we wanted to know why so we said why and can you believe what this person said this person said because I'm sick of the small team that tries story and his wife surviving cancer and that was a little bit of a typo on that user's part but basically what he's saying is that he's tired of the small teams and he's tired of them using the story of Sherry Pollux, which is Martin Truex Jr.'s girlfriend surviving cancer as a storyline. And then he said it was nice for a brief time, but that just now he just wants him to not finish. And my response to that was wow. And it was disappointing as well, but it was wow. And Loose Lugnut, and shout out to Loose Lugnut, and that's at user loose underscore lug l-u-g underscore nut he responded and said i pray none of you have to deal with cancer they use her story to help encourage others and they do a lot to raise awareness have decency and some other people chimed in and that that user he said christ is it charge of everything period i think he was saying is it in charge of everything and then it was a bunch of things that was exchanged between those two. And, you know, yeah. somebody that I don't believe in karma, blah, 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 whatever. I just wanted to read that because not to focus on the negative, but to kind of touch on something we talked about last year. Maybe it's just us, but remember last year we talked about once Martin Truex Jr. started doing good, the fans turned on him. This is a perfect example of how fickle and crazy NASCAR fans are. Yeah. Why are you mad that the guy is winning and he's on a small team and his wife had cancer? That is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. Yeah, you know, I think, Tim, it's one of those things where people get tired of hearing something over and over and over again. I kind of understand where this person who commented that is going. But what I think he failed to miss was the fact that how serious cancer really is. And to have somebody close to you, like Martin Truex's girlfriend is, obviously, to have somebody that you love and somebody that you admire, somebody that you uh, see every day of your life, for somebody like that to 
get cancer and have a very serious high percentage of maybe not making it, that is something that I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't hope I don't ever have to ever experience, Tam. Now, I personally have had some family members come down with that. So I guess in a way I have experienced it. Maybe I, I guess maybe let me backtrack here a little bit. But I guess it's something that I hope that the other commenter was trying to chime in uh, in response to him and saying that he hopes that none of these guys ever have to deal with that. I hope no, nobody has to deal with that either because it's, it's something that you don't ever want to experience, Tam. From an emotional standpoint, it's horrible. So I think this guy just missed what was happening. And, and the other guy was right. I mean, they use it to raise awareness and motivation that people can fight and they can get through something like that. And uh, I think the guy was just being a little insensitive and just maybe being a little uneducated as well. Uneducated and silly. That's all I would say. One thing I do want to also chime in, talk about is another comment. And this comment actually comes from, well, one of our Twitter followers, he asked us to ask a question for him. And this question came from user Ryan underscore Goodrum, G-O-O-D-R-U-M. He asks, do you wish tracks had more sweets? Would it attract more fans if tracks included free food, drinks, Wi-Fi, and scanners? Now, that's a lot to ask for free. I will say that. And the fact that NASCAR is one of the only sports that you can bring in your own food Why should they give you free food? But one important thing that he asked was, should they add more sweets? And I want to read Ray Robertson's, and his user is at SGT underscore Stingray. His comment to that, his reply was very simple. Less sweets, more old school, blue collar feel is what NASCAR needs. And I want to say kudos to that comment because here is the thing. We all... Understand that NASCAR had to progress with the times. But here's your issue. Certain things need to remain a little bit old school to keep current with your fan base. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree with that. Okay, well, since we're in agreement with that, we'll keep it real simple and move on (laughs) to our predictions. Renee, who you got? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Uh-oh, it's time for some predictions. Predictions, predictions, predictions. I'm going to be just straight up here on these predictions, and I am going to say that I have a feeling that Kyle Larson is going to win this race. And my dark horse, don't ask me why, and I am just going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to go outside the box, but I'm going to go with the number 24, Chase Elliott, as my dark horse. I don't know why I'm doing that, but I just, something about Chase Elliott I'm banking on maybe this might be the one. Tam, I'm telling you, this might be the one. But look for Kyle Larson to win that race more than anything. So So I I think there's a more of a higher percentage that Kyle Larson will win this race than Chase Elliott. But I do think that Chase Elliott could have a possibility to win this race. Okay, so Renee is going with Kyle Larson to win at New Hampshire in Loudoun and Chase Elliott as his dark cars. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Neither one of us have been right in a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think everybody knows trying to predict the NASCAR races like hitting the lottery. Yeah, we just do it just because. But <laughs> I don't know. Look, we're not throwing away two dollars each week on the Powerball, but yeah, we're no definitely kidding. throwing away some precious <laughs> breath trying to pick a winner each week. <laughs> 
Okay, so you all know the routine. Before I give you my predictions, I give you my past 10. We raced twice each year in Loudoun and New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We've been racing at New Hampshire since 1993 in the Cup Series. In 1990 in Xfinity. We race in July and in September. Our past 10 winners for the July race include my man, the quiet assassin, Matt Kenseth. In 2016, he took the checkered flag. 2015, Kyle Busch. 2014, Brad Kozlowski. 2013, Brian Vickers. 2012, I know. It's always good to hear Vickers' name or Greg Biffle. Oh, my goodness, Biffle. We have not talked about Greg Biffle coming back. Somebody give Greg Biffle a card next year. Please. I'm going to be upset if Great Biffle doesn't come back. And you know what? Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about Carl Edwards in the rumor mill. We did talk about it a little bit on the last podcast. Yeah, but we just did a whole five minutes on NASCAR silly season and didn't talk about Carl Edwards. Wow. Okay. Casey Kane actually won in New Hampshire in 2012. 2011, my other guy, Ryan Newman. 2010... So 2011, Ryan Newman, sorry. 2010, Jimmy Johnson. 2009, Joey Logano. 2008, Kurt Busch. And 2007, Denny Hamlin. Okay, patterns, statistics, things that's popped out that I noticed. Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch, Matt Kenseth, and Ryan Newman are all three-time winners at New Hampshire. That's pretty interesting, especially for Ryan Newman to be a three-time winner there. Newman actually yeah. won in 2011, 2005, and guess when his first win was at New Hampshire? Wow, what? 15 what years ago in 2002. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. Sometimes we just forget how long these guys have been racing. <laughs> wow. Now, Kyle Busch, never to be outdone. He's won five Xfinity races, two cup races, and three Camping World races so technically wow. that makes him a 10-time winner at new hampshire New Hampshire. all that damn wow. guy does is win yeah that's all i'm gonna say all he does is win 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 no matter win, what matter what <laughs> although he hasn't won this year because he's stuck what's yeah. going on with joe gibbs racing i don't know i can't I rhyme know. nothing else <laughs> those, to- those toyotas man they need to get it together Okay, you guys want to know who I'm going with? Drum roll, please. I didn't even give it a lot of thought, but I did give it a lot of thought. I went with Kyle Busch last week, and he was there. He won a couple of laps, I think. He just yeah, closed the deal. So I'm, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch again this year. And. You mean this week? <laughs> <laughs> my dark horse. Help me out. I'm going to go see. with a first time winner. There you go. Who hasn't won? Let's see. Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm loyalty, loyal. Chase Elliott. I'm loyal to the veterans. I'm going with my boy. You yeah, guys know uh, where I'm going with this. I'm going with my boy, Clint Boyer. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you have it. She has got Clint Boyer as her dark horse, Kyle Bush as the winner. 
Those are our predictions. If you guys have predictions, please let us know. Hit us up on all of our social media. Hit us up on Twitter at Turns No Breaks Across the Board. You can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to our podcast uh, on iTunes. Please subscribe to us, rate and review. Leave us a comment. If you uh, have any NASCAR fans out there that love to hear NASCAR talk, please uh, guide them our way to our podcast. And for Tam, myself, be kind to each other, you guys, and we will see you guys here next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 